In this session of Look at the Book, we're going to focus on verse 8. But we have to include verse 9 because part of the answer to the question that we're going to ask comes from verse 9. And the question is, if, if this adversary, the devil, wants to devour us, destroy us, why is he roaring? Because people, animals that lions want to eat run away when they roar. If, if a lion wants to eat somebody, don't they have to sneak up on him? So that's the first question. What, why is he roaring if he wants to catch us and eat us and destroy us as Christians? And the second question we want to ask is, can Christians be devoured, destroyed, ruined by the devil, the adversary who prowls around the devil? Those are the two questions I want to answer. And the, and the way we're going to go about it is by first asking about the relationship between verses 9 and 8 because something in verse 9, if you, if you read the flow, answers the question about the roaring. So let's see if we can see that. And then the second method is to ask, what does the text actually demand about the devouring of Christians? And what does the rest of 1 Peter say to help us answer whether we can be devoured by the devil or not? So, Father, these are two huge questions about the strategy of the devil and the potential destruction of Christians, and I pray that you would help us answer them faithfully, that is, in accord with your word. Show us your truth, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read the whole context here. Casting all your anxieties on him, God, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the whole world. So, first question, why is he roaring if he's trying to sneak up on us and devour us, like, like lions ordinarily do. Well, this, this is clearly a different picture of the devil than we have in some places. In some places, he's, he's not a lion, he's a snake, right? In the garden, he was a snake. Paul talks about him as a serpent. And serpents, they slither through the bushes and sneak up on you and bite your heel. Well, so do lions, except here they're roaring. So how are we going to answer the question, why is the lion roaring? Evidently, this is not a uh, subtle, snake-like, sneak-up-on-you deception of the devil. This is a frontal attack. And that's exactly what we see when we turn to verse 9. Resist this lion. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering 
Now, that reference right there, the same kinds of sufferings show that the roaring of the lion is suffering. The threat of the lion, the jaws of the lion, is not some sneaky deception about greed or lust. It's it's a frontal attack. This is probably something like a mob in front of your house threatening to kill you. So Satan, he works more than one way. Satan is a subtle snake-like being who tries to trick you and make you uh, take pleasure in what you shouldn't take pleasure in and so ruin your faith. And he sometimes simply says, okay, I'm going to destroy you and your family, and I'm going to send a mob against you, and they're going to be a loud, roaring mob, and I'm going to scare the faith right out of you. And that's the kind of situation we have. So this is no surprise. He's not trying to sneak up on Christians. He's trying to terrify Christians by roaring through this suffering. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering that he's just referred to in the lion's roar is required required of your brotherhood, is experienced by your brotherhood throughout the whole world. In other words, it's not an unusual thing. Accept it as normal. Be ready for it. Next question. Can he really, can he really devour us? And when you say us, you mean Christians? Can Christians be destroyed, sent to hell by the threat of suffering from the devil? The right way to answer that question is not to back away from texts and start spinning out implications of eternal security or the perseverance of the saints. The best way is to stay close to texts and ask, what does it demand? Does this text demand that Christians can be lost? No, it doesn't. Does it demand that they can't be lost? No, it doesn't. It simply says The devil is trying to devour us because he's he's talking about your adversary and he's talking to the Christians. Your adversary, the devil, is seeking to devour someone. Resist him in your faith. So we are the ones being targeted here for destruction. And he says, fight them. So there's there's no statement here. Don't worry. You can't be lost. And there's no statement here, you most certainly, as an elect Christian, can be lost. This is you in the church fight the devil. So can we be lost? Can the elect, those who are truly born again, be lost? The best way to answer that question is to say, if you resist him, firm in your faith, you will not be devoured. God has given us a strategy for defeating the evil one and his attempt to destroy us, and we better use it. If we don't use it, that is, if we don't resist him firm in our faith, what are we doing? We're switching sides. He wants us to be unbelievers, and if we say, okay, I'm not going to resist him, I'm not going to fight the fight of faith. 
I'm going to give in, switch over, become a Muslim, become a Buddhist, whatever I have to do to, to quell that mob outside, I'm going to do. If we do that, we're lost. We've been devoured. And we've shown that we're not truly born of God. How does God keep his elect? This is not foreign to 1 Peter. Look at this most wonderful text. Here we are, back in chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. God caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have a living hope, and God sovereignly brought us into this hope from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. So our inheritance in heaven can't perish, can't be defiled, can't fade. What about us? Can we fail to get there? It's kept in heaven for you, who? Who, by God's power, are being guarded for a salvation ready to be revealed. Yes, we will get there because God's power is going to guard us and get us to our salvation. How will he do it? Through faith. God will prove whom he has chosen and whom he is going to keep by the instrument of faith. So when we go back here to 1 Peter 5, 9, resist him, firm in your faith. That means prove by your faith that God is guarding you that you are among the elect. He will preserve you to the end. But if you say, I'm not going to resist the devil. I'm out of here. I'm going to join up with that mob because I don't want to die. Because you may have to die for Jesus. So conclusion, number one, the jaws of this devil here are this suffering. The roar and the threat of this devil that can destroy us is this suffering, and it can undo the faith of people. The protection, number two, the protection of God is the power that he has to keep us, which we embrace by faith. We resist the devil by faith, by trusting in God's power to keep us all the way through death to the end. And the third conclusion is the devouring here is, in fact, the loss of faith or the switching sides, the recanting and the saying, nope, I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. I'm going with, with that mob because I don't want to be killed. If that's what you do, then you will be devoured and you will show not that Christians can lose their faith, but that you were never born of God because God, 1-5, keeps his own by his mighty power.